On this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about a very important topic. It's around Gears and Sikhi, but more of a perspective of Bibian. We've got some amazing guests on the show today who've volunteered their time and their knowledge and their experience to help enlighten all of the Sangat and all of the audience who will be listening to this. If we can start with introductions, please. Okay. Um, I look 12, but I'm not. Um, I'm a master's student um, studying clinical biochemistry and immunology. Um, I did my bachelor's in biomedical science. Um, so I'm a very factual person. <laughs> my name is Dajit Gaur. I work for STEM learning. So I work with schools, helping with STEM. Uh, and I'm a former computer science teacher for about 15, 16 years. Wow. I'm Darshan Kaur, I'm a pharmacist and I'm mother of two, Didar Singh here and um, Saif Singh as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Benji, if we get right into the first question, it's around BBR removing gas. What's the what's your opinion on whether it whether it's okay or not for BBR to remove gas? It's a very broad statement to be removing gas. I think the first thing is to establish if they're baptised, because if they're baptised, then it's a very simple answer there. Yeah, it's non-negotiable. It's a budget basically, if you, you know, remove your gas, you do gas, you do In Kasaboli, like, they say that, you know, gas so that means that you're literally killing your gas if you remove it. So it's a direct connection between you and Guru Sahib. So if you remove your gas, then how can you experience Guru Sahib? Yeah, so it's our our gaze gurki moria. It's the first defining um, appearance of a Sikh is by their gaze. So that kulaya and gaze and they in, are intact. Um, so and then uh, obviously with gaze, we want to show that respect. So when you're baptized, so we we try to take care of our gaze as well as much as possible. So that goes hand in hand. If you're not baptized. <laughs> we can't really comment on that one. Then it's your choice what you should what you, you choose to do in the path you take. Benji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's really difficult, um, I think, for um BBR and for non um people who don't follow uh religion too much to know like what's right, whether you should do it or shouldn't do it. I think it's mostly about um having that confidence um in yourself and being confident what you look and your parents um if you have that then that's basically everything mm. really and when we look at baptized sikhi actually there's it's not just uh, cutting your gaze it's everything from plucking your gaze to coloring mm. your gaze as well so guru Sahib made us perfect and we are keeping that perfect form and not trying to be superior by trying to correct and modify it yeah because if you're trying to obviously manipulate your appearance you're basically saying that Guru Sahib has made a fault, like Guru Sahib has made a mistake, and obviously we know that Guru Sahib doesn't make any mistakes. So if we're trying to do that, then we're, we're implying that. Amazing. Can we go off script a bit? Can I ask you about your... Have you all been brought up in Amritari families? And have I you, have. Uh, no, so um, my... Do you want to ask that question and we answer it, or do we just say it? That's great. Yeah. Okay, so um, my parents um, are not, weren't Amatari when we were younger. Um, my 
dad used to cut his hair, had sharp. Um, and my mom, he obviously we, we didn't have meat or egg, but um, he didn't like give us too much of a portion where he wanted to go in our sicky. Um, I was quite fortunate that my mama um, was Amadari, so when I was a bit older, he was about 15, 16. That's when I started um, wearing the star and going to school with the star. Um, and for me, that's where I had started a lot of problems at school because I had like bullying was an issue where people thought because I looked different, um, they used to say, oh, why you, why you look different to us? Why are you wearing a KSP? Like, why do you have KSP on your face? So um, for me, that was a real struggle. But I think the main thing I, I told you before was just being confident in how you look and doing a dance and... As Bernie said, that's such a massive thing. Um, if you have a, a you have that belief um, in what Guruji is, is telling you, um, and you do a das to Guruji to help you through it, then anything's possible. And Bernie, just to lean into that a bit more, what was the transition like for your family, like your mum and dad, for you to go from somebody who's just a normal person to someone who's religious? To be honest. Um, my mom found it quite difficult. Um, she was like, why are you, if it's like subject, such a problem at school, um, you sure you're ready for it? Like, why don't you wait till you're a bit older? So because I, I started wearing a case in year 10, um, my mom was like, why can't you wait till after you finish school and um, it's going to be hard for you and this and that. But I was, I was adamant I wanted to do it. Um, she started supporting me um, when she realised how much it meant to me that I wanted to do it. And then, yeah, she was there for me. But um, at the beginning, I think it was about um, putting those values in, into my mum as well, because she wasn't into very, like, she wasn't very, um, what's the word, um, into her faith at that point. So she didn't really understand it. But once my mum started learning more about religion as well, and becoming more into Sikhi, then she had that, um, that respect for me. So she respected herself more and she was there for me a lot. So, yeah. Is important then. And do you have any advice for someone who might be going through that same point in their life where they they are at an age, 14, 15 perhaps, they want to get into Sikhi, they want to wear the star, they want to keep Sikhi Sroop, but they maybe don't have their parents' support or their parents might be saying, oh, wait till you're married or wait till this. And do you have any words of wisdom for them? Um, so obviously the main thing I'd say is Aldas, Aldas to Guruji, um, and also Sangat. So um, going to other Gurusikhs, so um, other senior who might be going through it, um, who've been through it. Um, I don't mind. People can reach out to me, no problem. Um, and yeah, just having other people to be there for you is quite important, I think. Amazing. And a question for all of you now. There is a common thread along these questions which is around what if you have a medical condition and you have gas because of a medical condition so it's uh termed they term it unnatural and then they wouldn't otherwise have gas what is the what is your opinion on on that scenario like pcos is the one that's most commonly cited okay so um i was diagnosed with pcos when i was about 14, 15, um, and the main reason was was because of the gas on my hair. Um, and I had tested in the doctors, and the main thing with PCOS is your hormone imbalance. So um, doctors will say that they want to help you with giving you medication 
to correct the um, hormone levels. So the testosterone levels are normally um, higher in PCOS. So it's about correcting those. But um, there is nothing to say that you can't um, carry on with the gas. You have to remove the gas. Uh, gas is a wonderful thing. And um, it's nothing, uh, what's the word, health. The health isn't going to yeah. be um, affected by having gas in your face. Um, no, the so, issue is the testosterone, not the gas. Yeah, exactly. So that issue can be um, helped with the medication, so they can um, change the, the levels of your hormones. But um, removing the gas is not going to help with the PCOS at all. It's just going to. It's just the way you're feeling about it. Your confidence in keeping it. Okay. And are there any options for, let's say, somebody is is really affecting their confidence, or they find like they don't want to go out, or whatever because of it or they want to get married and it's impacting them would you say similarly to what you the answer you gave earlier around if you're amritari then the, the answer would probably be different to if you're non-amritari in terms of whether that's okay or not yeah so obviously for an amritari um there's there's no question really um it's it's a no thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know it's hard sometimes for people to understand that, but um, any kind of like change, so bleaching, um, plucking, anything to do with the gas, it's a no. Um, obviously, if you're not on the body, then that's your own opinion, what's better, better for yeah. you. But I think it's just about trying to get the point across about being self-confident um, in what you look like in your appearance. And if you're in a position where you feel like Gears is kind of the main thing that's putting you, holding you back in in terms of sicky wise. You're you're put off sicky because of the gears issue. Is is there any words of wisdom that you have regarding how people can build their faith or get into a position where they feel confident or self assured enough to be able to to do that? I think the first step is you know understanding why you have gears because if you don't understand that then of course you're going to cut it it's like when parents tell their kids oh you got to keep gears or you can't eat meat you can't do this can't do that but they never justify why they're going to end up doing the complete opposite so if you understand why you have gears in the first place you know it's really uh, it actually helps understand like that you have to keep it um and like not even just in terms of sicky but there's so much like, research out there that is telling you that gears you're like meant to have it it's there for a reason like before ages ago like decades ago we used to think that there was something called junk dna how can dna be junk like it literally is a blueprint of telling you like what you're supposed to be like and now we're figuring out that you know gears it's not actually waste it's not a waste product and that's what we think it is but there's so many benefits to gears and why we actually have it like, for example, there's like papers out there that shit saying that it's actually a better protectant against UV rays and skin cancer if you have gears compared to someone who doesn't have gears. They're having that UV rays, like literally going straight onto the surface of your skin and you're more susceptible to getting like skin cancers. Um, I think it's quite huge though. Yeah. That whole, that whole um, area of science and gears is phenomenal. And I think there needs to be a bit more education around, around that. I think Gillette, those big marketing companies, they've just had free reign to manipulate society into believing that gears is dirty, gears is unclean. And actually, 
the science of everything shows that gas is the best thing for every human, the way it retains the energy of your body, the way it, I mean, we were discussing this earlier, Hannah. It's absolutely fascinating how marketing companies have manipulated us into traumatizing ourselves on a daily basis mm. to something that they thought was beauty. But it goes against beauty. science because if you move gears, then you're like removing your first layer of defense. Mm. Like it traps pathogens and you then make it into mucus and you cough that out. If you can't do that, then obviously you're going to get this bamaya. And when we were talking about the skin trauma, for example, waxing and like, you know, shaving and stuff, you're, you're then like making like, you know, um, slits into your skin. Obviously you can't see them because it's so microscopic, mm -hmm. but there are, you know, these, these pores that are now exposed in your skin and anything can get into there. And that's how you start getting like these different types of infections and skin conditions. Um, but yeah, it's it, the reason why I think primary reason why we remove our gaze, regardless if you're die or not, is because we don't understand why we have it. Mm -hmm. So we just think it's waste and we're just going to remove it. And I think there's a power there as well. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's understanding why we have gaze and actually what gaze do for us, the, yeah. the spiritual power that they give us and the actual emotional intelligence that they give us. Because Fiji, if you think about it, when you go outside or when you're afraid, your hair stands on it end. Stands up. <laughs> it's alive. It's your foot soldiers. It's your first level of defense for your body is trying to protect you. Even it's trying to when protect you're cold, your eyes and everything else. Yeah. Like when you're cold, you start shivering, right? And then your your hairs stand on end. If they, your hair starts vibrating and try to, you know, accumulate energy to make you warm. And like even when you're saying with your hairs, you have eyebrows here for a reason so that sweat don't go into your eyes. Your eyelashes branch out so that it's like little dusters so that dust don't go into your eyes. You have like, you know, pubic hair so that it protect, protects your, you know, genitals and everything like that. You, if, if you look at the way gears is structured, even like your underarm hair, it goes up and then it goes down. Even like with, you know, eyebrow hair, like I just said, it goes, it, they're growing to the side. They don't grow anywhere in any other direction. Even with like your daddy, like it grows out. It doesn't grow in any other direction. Every gears grows in its, it, it's all unique. It grows in its own direction and it has its own purpose. So it's, it's almost like that awareness, I yeah, think, that there's a lack of education yeah. because the marketing firms are there to sell their products, to sell their razor blades and their shaving creams. That's what's dominating what people see that, you know, on their screens, on mm. their devices, on the media. And they've got this really um, hammered in that this is beauty, this is clean, this is this is the way it should be. And actual Kurusa made everything perfect with logical scientific backup to, yeah. to, to, to second that up. Even when we're like kids, like when we have sex education at school, like they they tell us that you have to remove it in certain areas because you're unclean. But then again, that goes against science because the gear there is for a reason to trap, you know, bacteria and pathogens. So you're just exposing yourself to more issues, really, if you remove the gears. That's really interesting. And I'm, I'm thinking of me and Dash when we went to India uh, quite a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, and we'd go and stay at Gudware. The, the kind of consensus image of Bibians is very different to what it is in the West. And I feel like that image has morphed even more so over the years and i can see it more blatantly with with males because if you look at when when i was a kid which is quite a long time ago the people that used to i 
people used to idolize with people like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and now it's like Justin Bieber, I think his name is, and, and people like that. So the the trends have really shifted public opinion. Like in in when I was young, if you wore tight jeans, that would be a no no. But now it's you know for men to do the eyebrows and things like that is becoming more of a commonplace whereas when I was an adolescent that was unheard of so it seems like society and conditioning and the media have a massive impact on what the acceptable so, image is. So, so do we, Vijay, so we were talking about this so when a child is born we say they're beautiful, perfect, but when they hit about four years old, five years old, we as parents decide well, actually I think you need a fringe now Oh, I think you need this now. We're, we're telling our four-year-olds what is beauty. Where we are, we are doing that ourselves as a society. So us as being masya, judging, whatever different role we play, we are encouraging that mindset. This is beauty. So it's not, you know, we're, we're kind of we're victims of our own of our own making almost as well. If we just accept Guru as made this child perfect, and then we keep everything intact then we're showing that child that you are unique, just like you were when you're born, and you're beautiful. You're absolutely beautiful the way you are. But when we start trying to say, even weight, obviously, weight is a big issue, so you know you need to lose weight. We are manipulating that image of happiness. If the, if the child is happy, what does that actually look like? And unfortunately, society deems happy is a blue-eyed, blonde-eyed, perfect 10 or whatever you know, it's, it's all that kind of tied in together and we need to unpick that as a collective community. And even like trends, they're always changing. Yeah. Every decade is going to be a new trend. Forget that every day there's a new trend. And the only thing that doesn't change, the only thing that's constant is Sikhi's Gurusaib. If Gurusaib knew that, you know, Gis wasn't that important, he would have said, don't keep it. But Gurusaib has made is so important that he said that it's a budget if you cut it mm-hmm. so there is obviously a massive reason as to why we keep it that's really interesting and it brings to mind another bit of research that i was doing on nose rings and i was trying to look at when those became a trend and in india with cattle they they put nose rings on them don't they so that the cattle don't run off and um, they used to do that with slaves with women women slaves they used to put nose rings on them and then tie them um yeah have a rope running through the nose string so one of the women wouldn't run away. But now we, out of choice, do that. As- it's just yeah, made crazy. ourselves into slaves that we yeah. pay people to make ourselves into slaves. Like we were talking about how back in the day, um, you know, people used to, that were slaves, used to shave them so that they were easily identifiable as slaves. Or they've done a crime. Yeah, or they've done a crime. Or even widows, like if there was a widow back in the day, they'd shave her head off to say that she's a widow and that, you know, she wouldn't get married to anyone else. But now that like, we pay barbers and, you know, pay to become a slave. We, we, we are now becoming the Ghulam almost. So we're reversing it. We were sovereignty. We were, we were royalty. We had crowns. We had luxury. We've given the, the, the jewels that Guru had given us. And now we're, we're bringing ourselves to this level, which media now has dictated, you know, is telling us that we've got to traumatize ourselves by waxing and plucking and cutting and weaving and threading to make ourselves fit in but Guru Sahib always told us we're not we're not born to fit in we're born to fit out stand out it's supposed to be in the other and one of the things you guys were saying earlier was around uh, that we will never fit in we may cut our hair or we may bleach our skin or we may do something else have plastic surgery but we're still like I, I was actually born 
in West London. I've grown up here my whole life and I still have people shouting racial abuse sometimes. I think I probably paid for that kid to go to school in terms of tax, but I still won't be accepted as one of a British person because I look different. So I think that's important. We need to to just walk away from trying to fit in and stop that trying to be accepted. We are always been accepted and it's the other people that need to be. And what you said earlier was actually quite interesting. So people were saying when the British came into Punjab, they didn't adorn the kurta pajama or the salwar kameez. But when we came into England, we just, we changed. We changed. They didn't change for us. And now we're we're changing changing for them. Definitely. Definitely. I think with language, with clothing, with appearance, all of these things are conformity. Mm. Um, The next question was around marriage. And I think it goes to the greater question of around support if someone's feeling not supported by a family member I, I can imagine scenarios where if a baby's trying to keep a case and maybe a mother-in-law or somebody else um, auntie or masi has made comments and how should people navigate that kind of situation Sangat, isn't it? yeah Sangat, it just comes back down to Sangat really like if you're in Sangat where they promote that sort of behavior or they think that if you're clean shaven that you're beautiful then that's going to have an effect on your mind you can't you can't be a saint and do Sangat of alcoholics and not think that that's not going to have an effect on you and the same goes for the reverse that like you can't be an alcoholic and then you know think that you can have Sangat of like Gurusiks and not change you will eventually change with that Sangat um so I think if you like for anyone that's going through that, you have to be very picky with your sangat, be selective with your energy and just go with those people that are encouraging your sikhi and not bringing you away. I yeah, think with, every, with everything in life, there's always going to be a challenge. Yeah. Life is a challenge, but Guru Sahib blesses you with the strength to ride that challenge as well. But the sangat is the strength. So Sangat, it can be it can be your husband, but sometimes that could be difficult as well. But you've got to look further afield. And Ardas, I mean, I can't underestimate the power of Ardas. Ardas is your guru, and do it from the heart, from Ekman Ekjetana, from mind, body, and soul. Really be, articulate what it is you need, what kind of support you need. And Guru Sahib does send support, and we just need to recognize it um, and be open to it. But the support can be through Gurbani itself. So Gurbani can give you that asa to ride those arguments and that and, and and come out the other side of it because it is hard marriage is hard uh, and families they're, they're political complicated and there's not a one solution fits all you've got to try different things and when you're when you're on the path of Sikhi don't be alone you've got to try to share that journey sometimes what you see is those individuals who are on Madari on the path of Sikhi they kind of frown upon those who are not and I think it'd be nicer if they brought them on the journey to educate them, like, this is what I do and this is why I'm doing this. And then, you know, Gurbani does back you up on what you're trying to say because the end result for everybody is the same, that journey at the end, we're all going to that same destination. But this is what you're doing to make that a little bit easier for yourself and on yourself. And then when you educate those, they can maybe not accept what you're necessarily saying, but they kind of see your perspective how you articulate it is always a complicated way. And I think some people now have lost that pen and paper approach because it's not always easy to communicate something verbally because you might not have the strength and you might actually break down in tears and tears and tears and it's hard to communicate it. There are other means of communication. And so don't underestimate just getting your, your, your pen and paper and writing a heartfelt note. 
And then Gurbani shows us how Guru Arjan Dev Ji Maharaj, you know, when he was separated from Guru Sahib and he was sent away, uh, he writes those love letters. So if you write in a meaningful, loving way, your, your, you know, your, your, your point of view, and sometimes that can be enough to, to help things uh, alleviate the pressure. And if, for example, worst case scenario, if it's your mother-in-law that's causing you lots of stress, write to your father-in-law and explain it all so that he can then work with your mother-in-law and try to alleviate some of that pressure. But we have to be innovative. And the solutions don't always come easy, just like the challenges aren't easy either. But with brosa and, and, and belief and faith, you know, you can, you can do this, definitely you can do this. I think that's a beautifully articulated answer. And I think everyone's trying their best, uh, be it somebody who's Amritari or not. And it's important to cut each other a bit of slack and give each other the benefit of the doubt and, and live and let live. If somebody wants to you know, have practiced the way that makes them happy, then shouldn't get in the way of that. Um, in terms of girls having issues ar- around school age with pee and swimming and that type of thing, can you share your experiences or any words? Of flashbacks, we're getting flashbacks, PG. So I was very fortunate. I went to the inner city school. So there was, a, there was a, uh, the names were in those names. So I had a friend called Minder and Harvinder and Davinder. And I had uh, uh, the I think that was one. So there's a, within those within grounds. So we, we, we did swimming together. So that was a non-issue. So for me, that was great. The issue for me came when I went to secondary school and I really desperately wanted to do sailing and windsurfing, but I had to make sure I was a gray, it was a green badge or blue badge or something for swimming. And it was hard. It was hard at the time. I wore um, cycling shorts and I remember and I, could, I just, just wanted the world to eat me up because I felt so embarrassed of my, I mean, I had just shown my ankles and my, up to my knees, but that was enough. It was mortifying. It was really, but the, the biggest goal was to get that badge. And that drove me to do it as quickly as I can. I think I knew it took about two weeks, two, two, two or three wow. sessions. And I smashed it because I just didn't like the humiliation of getting into that kit, getting into the water and people seeing my bottom of my legs. But what about yourself? Um, so for me, it was like, you know, when I think every girl's experienced it, when they're getting dressed in PE and start, that's when they just start comparing everyone's body. Um, and yeah, that's when it just basically starts. Um, and for me, uh, I started waxing my legs, um, like when I experienced that. But then after that, after that it was just like instant regret. Um, you you physically feel that you've done something wrong, especially if you're trying to get close to. But you did that as a result of yeah, as a result of intimidation. Yeah, isn't it? but it goes back to the fact that um, I felt like I had to compare myself to everyone, and um, that it feels wrong because like why should you do that? You, you can't. Casa can't compare themselves to anyone else but Casa, and um, yeah, you just if you don't have that like love within yourself that yeah like I love my gifts and love for gifts comes from the fact that you have love for Guru Sahib so if you have that then like I, I firmly believe that nothing can touch you um but yeah it just happened from there and um haven't quit my gifts since because uh, it just feels so wrong like if you you have to think of gifts like a like a wire like a direct connection to Guru Sahib if we cut that gifts we can't we can't experience Guru Sahib and that's how that that's the length that we have to see gifts as um and not just that but think about people you know we have so many people in our history that we can look up to we have like pointless celebrities that we think are heroes but they're not um we were just talking about like by breathing um 
passed away in like 2013. But for some people, by God, I think might be too far fetched, like kind of hard to believe that his gears turned into iron. But by Brutham saying, like, when the Muslims tried to cut his hair when he was doing seva of, you know, God Sab that was abandoned in Pakistan, when they tried to cut his hair, it literally turned into sardwa, it turned into iron. This is a person that you can see a picture of him. It's a digital picture. It's a real-life person in, you know, the 21st century. This person's real. These things are a effect of have, us having a deep relationship with our gears. The thing is, did mm-hmm. you did you do what I did and just run into the cha- bathroom to get changed and stuff? Yeah, I, did I, think, we, I think we've all done that. <laughs> yeah. But the, the one thing that gets me, BG, is that we do that here. We're so conscious. But when you go to the bar side and you go to the Gunjani Bari and you've got to get to go to do Shinan, there's no dividers there. There's no separators there. There's not separate showers. You literally go in your kashera, you do your jubi into the sarovar and you come out again. And that's just equally awkward, but you do it because you want to get that darshan of, of, of Umrah and have that, that shnan in the sarovar. So it's, it's the mindset. So I think all of us have done the running into the, the, the washroom to get changed. But actually saying that, my daughter now does swimming and the one-piece suits that are there available for kids now is just brilliant. So they, she's confident. She loves swimming. So uh, I think times have changed a lot, but there is still that stigma of embarrassment. And if you're confident, um, my daughter, Touchwood, she is quite confident. Um, you can let the comments slide, but if, you, if you're not as confident, then you're probably going to do what we did and run to the toilet to get changed. Benji, you're saying once you, um, that time you waxed your legs, like what, gave you how did you overcome those comments or did you just ignore them after that or did people stop um to be honest um a lot of people that supported me weren't even up in it um i got a lot of hate from not even hate just a lot of like criticism from like monia saying well we've got our gifts like you're mm-hmm. so extreme like does that not make us a sick and um the bottom line is basically you don't keep your gears. There's only one type of sick, and that sick is someone that's given their head to Guru Sahib. And there's no other type of sick. And um, once I start having conversations with them as to why we actually keep our gears, what it actually means to be a sick, like what is the first step, that's when they start to realize, well, actually, what, what are we doing? So it's about educating them, not just being like, or let them say the comments or let them say whatever it is and I'm just going to carry on my life. Use the opportunity to educate them. And with that, other people like in, in that year or in that school, they'll start to understand like how important this actually is to like, you know, us as, as a sick. Because um, it's not just our religion that we're talking about, like other religions ages ago, Christianity, Hindus, um, Jewish people, they all have a, a relationship with gifts. Yeah. It's really interesting. I'm, I'm really interested in what you're saying because my daughter is a lot younger than you guys, but she yesterday or the day before said, I don't want to wear a patka because I'm the only girl who's wearing one and I just want to wear a because I don't want to look weird. And she's very young, so she doesn't really have much of a conception of what it means. But maybe that's down to us in terms of our shortcomings as parents to educate her and to instill the, that kind of strength in her. Do you, are there any resources or...? or... Sangha, though, it's, it's, it's more about the Sangha yeah. that they keep because my daughter... She goes, she, well, she did go to the prep school and she was the only one, uh, only Sikh child there. And she had a top knot uh, at the top. And because I didn't do any fun between the boys and the girls. And I said to her, 
I'm not going to make any difference. I'm going to climb trees and be brave. I didn't believe in this pinky softy approach. I did. Yeah, she's very boisterous after uh, having said that she can throw a good punch and stuff. But she went through a phase of, can I have my hair down like Elsa after Frozen? She's obsessed with Frozen and she knew her hair was very long. So I, 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 I struggled to think, how do I tackle this? Because my boys never went through it. And so it, it was Sangha. So what I organized, and I had to be proactive in doing this. I reached out to the other moms who had daughters. And I said, should we do a moms and daughters event just to get together? And each one of the moms who were on the path of Sikhi had a particle at the start. I asked them to ch- tell me why they tired the start. Why did they choose Sikhi? That was role modeling. So you had people who were dentists and NHS workers and speech therapists and stuff. Just by them speaking about why they're chosen at the start changed my daughter's thinking. And she had she gets love from her son group as well. So she acknowledged, actually, I understand why I'm wearing this and uh, why I don't want to necessarily have it as one day on, one day off. It's not like that. It's not, it's not something that we want to take lightly. It's respect for Guru Sahib and love for God is continuous. Like God loves us all the time. It's not today it's that not I want to show love. It's not a costume, no. So that was that was what I did for my daughter. But it is Sangat. Sangat is mm-hmm. never underestimate the power of Sangat. It's the same with my niece. So my niece is, um, she's five. And she's at a primary school where it's predominantly Gore. And um, she's had someone come up to her saying, oh, why are you wearing a gear ski? You look different. And what's on your head? And um, she's come home um, to her mum and said, like, I don't want to wear a gear ski anymore. I want my hair down and that stuff. I think my sister's had like, the challenge of how to bring that beyond into her, and that confidence in herself. Um, and I think the main thing, the moment she's done that is by teaching her, like, why we're doing a gear ski, why you're wearing a gear ski. And then, like, um, because she's also, like, frozen and mad. So um, she's seen some of the other BBR who've like gave like maybe a clip um, or hairband in there um, on there. So even though she's still wearing a gear ski, she can still put her own touch to it. And with that, she's, she loves it now. She wears it all the time. She wears a gear ski and then she might wear a hairband with it. But it's about having that, that confidence themselves and obviously loving um, how they look and how they are. So, yeah. I remember um, just talking about the butka thing. I was in year four and I... Uh, I think it was actually in year three. Um, I said to my mom, um, I want to start wearing a bike to school. And um, there's an Upani Lollipop lady who used to cross us to, to go to the school. And by the time I crossed the um, the road, she goes, Aki like he's Upani. And that's it. Like I just burst into tears. And I was like, tomorrow, I don't want to wear her anymore. Mm. But I'm just trying to say that it's, it comes down to like your own confidence. And yeah, other people are going to say things, but that really doesn't matter if you really love your guru. Um, and yeah, Sangat is really, really important. Um, yeah. Excellent. The next question was around the scenario we mentioned earlier, where you might have a parents who are Amatari and you've grown up Gestari and wearing the star and you're female and your maybe your sisters are younger or older and you're getting to the age where you want to fit in with your friends and you don't want to look different so you have this conflict between your home life where your parents expect you to look a certain way and, and have a certain routine around nitnem and but you don't actually have any interest in doing it yourself and you're just doing it to please them and then at school you go and do something different or you you really want to um, can you give any advice to maybe probably teenagers who are going through that type of thing? 
It's, it's really tricky. It's because there's lots of hormones going on, lots of peer pressure going on. You're, you're, everything's being torn. So, you know, there's, there's, there's so much going on. And I, I've been to the teenage years with my, my boys and I've seen it with them as well. They rebel and it's almost like anything you say as a mum is going to be a no. doesn't matter what that is from house chores to going to say a seek program or something or got that a program. It's just defined. It's, it's the thing that they've got to do. And and this is just my perspective. I'm not saying I know the answer. I don't. This is what I had to do. And it was, it was an emotional roller coaster for me as a mom. I'm going to be honest, because I just, everything I did was wrong. Everything I said was wrong. And I was like, am I a bad mom? Am, am I am that evil? Am I really that? I'm asking, I'm doing it for them. I'm doing everything for them. So what, what can I do? So this is, again, I, I'm, I'm going to come back to Sangit. So, but this one I had to manipulate again. So, I, I had to look at carefully at my child's behaviours and I had to say, well, they're, they're drawn to certain individuals. Which ones are they? Because you can't randomly go up to somebody and say, I need your help. I mean, though you can in some but still you need a little bit of thought process going on. So I looked at the ones that they kind of had a bit banter with and I said, well, they seem to respond to you a little bit. I've just noticed and then the longer heart when you guys do further and stuff. Could you just look out for them? I know it's, it just just make sure you know you show them the love and maybe invite them to football or something, Hannah. And they did bless them. I, I can't thank the good six enough. And they 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 you know they're, they're from all sorts of different places, from Derby to Birmingham to London and stuff. And they genuinely did that. And I think that kind of just a little bit of a fear from that older good sick, uh, you know, younger than me, obviously much younger than me, was enough for them to keep that that emotional roller coaster that they're going steady because it's it, you're, you're a big ship and you're trying to navigate a storm that's going on inside your body and and these gurusiks these sangha they're your anchors they hold that that, that boat a bit steady but it's not easy to find those gurusiks but again you know looking at different avenues like sports and and football and stuff like that and these gurusiks they are not just sitting in the Godwara doing Nam Jap and listening to Gitan, they actually do fun stuff like abseiling and climbing and stuff. So it kept that motivation going because it's really easy to suddenly, because your emotions and your adolescence, to, to find sicky, boring, hard work. Oh, this is too much effort. It's bare effort. And, and lose the why and lose that essence. But keeping them in the Sharanam Guru Sab and in Sangat and finding different avenues to find that Sangat, which might not be the Godwara, which might be let's go out, let's do go wait or something, can still keep that Sikhi foundation going strong because these are role models for them. They're, they're, these people are, are at university, they're, they're maybe at work. And so they've got another means to talk about. And I think that's that's what helped me in my journey. If I was just left in my own house, left with my kids, it's, it, it's it's a struggle. It's, it's really difficult because they go through that phase of mom's wrong, we're right, she's just wrong. Everything she says is just wrong, if that makes sense. It's, but, it's tricky. Yeah, security comes with the eyes where you can't just say like, yeah, okay, that's it, you have to follow it because they're not, chances are they're not going to follow it if they don't have that BR. And also if they understand why, why? they keep certain rats, they will keep it. But if you just tell them you've got to keep mm. it, then they're not going to understand so that why is so important yeah. that logical thinking is really important this is why we're doing it it's up to you if you want to join in this is why we're doing this and and it's it's just backing that up and instead of just saying why 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 are you forcing this, this particular food and not giving them a choice and give them a choice and sometimes they might wander off a little bit and then come back um but yeah is 
hundred percent that way. And and I, I think I, I learned that early on is you've got to be careful with the words that you choose and how you say it because you've got to keep your sikhi intact as well. You've got to keep that beard because they're the same little boy who was adorable when he was born and absolutely adored you. Now they're going through this really emotional phase. They're going to come out of it, which they do. So I, I think between the ages of 12 up until about 15 is, is, is a rough ride. And then they start acknowledging you about A-level time, about you know, 17, 18, they, they, they will turn around and say, yeah, mom, I see you. I see you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Benji, having two kids, and I really want to gain from your insights around not losing your kids. Do you have any advice around that? Not losing your kids? Yeah, not losing them with them physically. Like you take them somewhere and they get lost and you leave them in a supermarket. But more... You I think yeah. the biggest thing you've got to do is have things that you do together. I think that's that's the biggest thing. So just whilst my husband is brilliant, the, there's a vajja in the lounge, there's a vajja upstairs, there's dubla downstairs, there's a dubla upstairs, and they just jam. They jam together. And I've got a video of my little one who's three years old, and he's like, man, you're going to, man, you're going to, man, you're going to. He used to pop up Punjabi then. And he goes, we put the snada, ek shabud snada, ek line snada, ek kala, ek kala. You have to really put the album on video and really convince him. Then he goes, he just does a quick shabud on the budget and that's it. And you show him so much love. Like, well done, thank you. But that continued. So that was at three years old. But, you know, it's like, come on, but let's just let's just do the black end. Let's just sit down again. Finding time and, and listening, not not listening and trying to do like 10 other things, but active listening where you've actually acknowledged what the child has said and then you've responded accordingly. Um, so that, that's been really important. And we used to, uh, and it's a bit sad, and I feel really guilty for saying this. I used to get my kids when we used to go on holiday to write out a, a, um, a diary of what they've done. Um, and it was mostly to practice their handwriting and their literacy skills at eight, eight, eight nine years old. But actually, it was really nice to read back what they wrote because they would they it's a it's an it's a it's a, a window into what's going on inside them. So it tells you what they've enjoyed. So they didn't like being in the car for so long, but they liked the water park. They, you find out what they like, and you do more of the, what they like. It's really important when they're young to do more of what they like. But for us. We always had, and this is probably really bad again, we had a link, because Sikhi is really important to us. Everything that they enjoyed, it came with a, a prerequisite. That's the word I'm looking for, Hannah. And it had to be, then we're going to go. I was going to take him anyway, 100%. I was going to take him to watch the Batman movie, whichever what it was they wanted to do. But I got them to just do a bit of progress in their Sikhi and the Gurbani Khand. It was always, there's always a little something that they had to do, whether it was it was Langar Diseva or, or go wash the panda with me in the Langar, whatever it was. But it was just something that I wanted them to tie together. That fun memory had some element of Sikhi with it as well. And I, I don't know if it's right to say, but I'd look back on my own childhood with my dad. My dad made learning Sikhi fun. He made learning Gurbani fun. And I wanted to keep that fun um, aspect of growing your sticky as well. So, thank you. Maybe there's something there, I don't know. I feel like I'm still learning. So, from like people like my people friends here, like how to put that into your kids. It's so important. Like, my little one now is um, three and a half, my oldest. And um, I've 
I've decided that it's very important for me to do what I want him to learn. So I want him to learn Vajra, but if I can't do it myself, then how is he going to learn it? So recently I've started learning myself. And then when I'm at home learning, he'll get his double and sit next to him and he wants to play with me. So that's really important to me because it shows that he's got that PR as well. And he, he can do it because he's watching me do it. So like, I think it's very important to focus on yourself first. So you work on your sticky for yourself and then the kids see that and they, they want to copy it. So we're doing part as, as together as a family. If we're sitting there doing the part together, he's enjoying it because he can see us enjoying it. So that's really important for me. Is that really so important? Yeah. So I went through a journey. I wanted to get my kids doing part because I I started doing side part when my dad encouraged me to do side part from the age of eleven. And so the boys were like, "You don't do part. You don't do part." And it, they didn't see me doing it. I did side part, but they didn't see me doing it. So I had to actively do it in front of them. And that's the big thing because I don't do Bart in public. Is that yeah. I was fear of making mistakes. So obviously I chose this other Bart to do in front of them, but that, they don't need to know that. <laughs> but seeing and doing, seeing that's what kids do. They see, they do, they yeah. see, they do. So exactly. uh, yeah, and they can see you, but they probably won't say that if they're teenagers. They can see the PR that you're showing, but it won't. But it's just that period that's difficult. Fiji, you got this. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate all of your time, input, sharing your experiences, just being so candid. Yeah, I think it's going to help a lot of people. So just want to take this opportunity to thank you guys. Where can people get in touch or where can they find out more about the stuff that you guys are doing? We're all, we're all share, share charity Siva does and we're all linked with Castle Foundation. So there's Castle Foundation. You can uh, put a request out for talkers and speakers. That's what, you know, that's what we, we connect to that Castle Family Retreat. So if there is somebody out there listening to this and they would love us to come and speak at their company, religious events that they've got, or they want us to come and talk at their university, me and the people have done that, or they want to come to schools, we do the school trips as well. So we're happy to support in any, any way. And honestly, um, any problem, big or small, if you share it, it definitely gets halved because we've probably all been been there somebody from the sangha has probably been there and, and had something similar doesn't matter how big you think that issue is um so that's our baby i think Anna. yeah thank you so much okay. 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 Okay.